Hi, everyone. Welcome to Face to Face, a UC Davis podcast featuring students, staff, and faculty innovators. I'm your host, Chancellor Gary May. Stay tuned for my next guest. Hola, buenos dias. My name is Lina Mendez. I came to Davis in 2003 to pursue my PhD in education, which means that I've been here for 20 years. My research at the time looked at the access Latino English learners had to higher education. I then became a postdoctoral scholar at the Medical Center and did research on Latinos and mental health. I came back to the Davis campus and became the inaugural associate director for the Center for Chicanx and Latinx Academic Student Success, also known as El Centro. And now I'm the inaugural Hispanic Serving Institution Director, or HSI. And for me, all of this has me coming full circle from access to servingness all the way to graduation. Welcome to Face to Face, Lena. Gracias. Um, thanks for being here, and thanks for all the work you're doing for us in DEI, and especially your new role, or not so new anymore role, in uh, being our HSI director. That's really appreciated by the campus, and it's really helping us pursue our overall uh, DEI goals. Um, I want to start with some questions about you personally. Yeah. Um, I want to hear about your journey and sort of what led you into higher ed, and how did you get to where you are today? Yes, so I'm originally from Idaho. So a lot of people um, are always surprised by that. And there are Latinos in Idaho. <laughs> and uh, I lived there until I was uh, eight. And then I moved to Mexico. And I lived in Mexico for six years to be with my mom, who had gone back. And I believe that that transnational education, living in Mexico for six years and coming back to Idaho and experiencing the educational system in Idaho is what really made me uh, want to become an educator. So I remember thinking in high school, I want to be a teacher. I don't want a bilingual educator. I don't want a student to feel like they are not smart enough because they don't know the language. So to me, education became a way um, of really helping other people. And how did you get from Idaho to UC Davis? So I decided to do a national student exchange program. So I went from Boise State University to New Mexico State University. And I was only going to be there for a year and then come back and finish my degree but I was really fortunate to receive the Gates Millennium Scholarship, the inaugural year that it was given out. And it allowed me to transfer to New Mexico State and graduate from New Mexico State. And I loved it because New Mexico is completely different than Idaho. And I loved the Native American community, the Chicano Latino community, the borderlands. Um, so it was just really, to me as a bilingual educator at the time, it was the perfect place to be. And after that, this scholarship allowed me to go to Harvard, and it was going to pay for all of my master's and my PhD. So I went to Harvard, and it was extremely difficult and hard and challenging to be in these spaces where people had gone to Ivy League schools, and I had gone to a state school. I felt like I was so far away from my family. And I remember calling my family within my first week at Harvard and saying, I don't think I can do this. This is really hard. And I remember my older brother telling me, you better finish what you started. And I remember crying and thinking, oh, no, I better finish this. And um, from Harvard, I was recruited to come to Davis by a Chicana Latina faculty member, Patricia Gandara. And she did a lot of research on Chicano Latinos and higher education. Uh, and eventually she went to UCLA. But to me, that's how I ended up in Davis. And I stayed here and I never left. 
Well, as an older brother myself, I can tell you how important we are to our sisters. Absolutely, right. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, your first uh, administrative role here was El, El Centro yes. Associate Director. And I know you still keep in touch with the students and you still visit the center yes. from time to time. Tell us about that experience and that relationship yes. and, and why that's an important part of what we do here at Davis. I, I want to backtrack a little bit. After I finished my postdoc at the medical center, I was trying to get jobs back in the Davis campus to work with students. And I found myself overqualified with a PhD and underqualified because I didn't have student affairs experience. And I wasn't getting interviews. I wasn't really landing the jobs I wanted. So I came back as a temporary employee. So I ended up at an undergraduate education at the Center for Educational Effectiveness, helping to train TAs and doing some of the faculty learning communities. And uh, I was there for about a year. And at the time, they had someone from Organizational Excellence coaching um, some of the staff. And I remember her asking me, what kind of job do you want to do? And I remember thinking, I'll do anything. I just need a job. And she said, but what do you really like to do? And I remember telling her, I want to work with Chicano Latino students. I want to have flexibility because I have young children. And um, I want to make a difference in the life of young people. And she said, why don't you apply for jobs like that? And I remember asking her, I can do that? And she's like, of course you can. And honestly, it was one of those aha moments in my life where a part of me was looking around thinking, which one is a good fit for me? And within a couple months, the associate director position opened. It was brand new. And I said, this is exactly what I've been looking for and what I've been wanting. And I applied and I was really fortunate to get the job and the rest of history. Wow, that's really impressive, and we're glad that it worked out. Yes. Worked out for us as well as you. Um, and now, fast forward to today, you're HSI director. Talk about uh, the UC Davis journey to being an HSI and what that your role in that is and why that's important. Yes. So HSI stands for Hispanic Serving Institution, which is a federal designation given by the government once you reach 25% of Chicano-Latino undergrads. And I have to say that UC Davis has really been proactive and leading the way. And a lot of it to to your uh, leadership, Chancellor May, is um, a lot of schools in, across the U.S. tend to be HSIs once they receive their first grant. So they get their grant and then they hire a director or someone to lead it. And UC Davis did it the other way around. They were They wanted to be intentional about how do we get to HSI in a thoughtful manner that will sit well with our campus community, who we are, and how we move forward. So to me, it feels like becoming an HSI and thinking about it and planning with community and with students and staff and faculty and taking into consideration what do they value. Becoming HSI is not just about the grants, which a lot of people think that, right? They can think, especially students, you know, they've told me before, you've all gotten the money, how are you serving me? <laughs> and um, so it's a lot of having to communicate with people about what it means. It has never just been about the money. It's about how do we transform people's experiences. And for me, when I've been looking at UC Davis from a Chicano Latino lens, we have such a rich history dating back to the 60s and all the way until now. Um, I was recently just reading an article on the future professors, uh, uh, professors for the future. And I had no idea that it was actually started because of a group of Chicano Latino graduate students who said, we have no idea how to become faculty 
in academia. And I just read that last night and I was like, this is kind of, you know, how we've been built in the fabric of UC Davis and how important it is for us to get that designation to to allow us to just open doors for different opportunities, you know, for students to do research, to get TA ships, to get GSRs, to become, you know, researchers that are funded by grants, and to collaborate with our other UC's uh, sisters. We have five of the campuses that are currently HSIs, so four of us are emerging, and we're on our way. Yeah, I like to think more in the HSI acronym about the S, the serving part, yes. right? And really, it's about serving that student community, uh, regardless of the other circumstances around grants and 25% of the threshold, we still have uh, 8,000 yes. uh, students that are in that community that need uh, uh, our, our attention. So yeah. I think that's the most important part, and you're, yeah. you're serving them very, very well in your role. Um, let's, let's pretend, though, that we've reached the milestone, we've got to 25%, and five to 10 years from now, after that milestone, yeah. what would you like to see our, our campus uh, looking like? Yes. Um, I remember asking you this question a few years ago. Um, I would really like for our students to feel like they can see people, faculty that look like them, administrators that look like them. I would love for them to see buildings that are named after a Chicano Latino um, person on our campus. I would like for some of the food for some of the drinks, you know, I think of cafe de olla, Mexican hot chocolate. Uh, obviously, pan dulce is something they always want. And Davis, for those who don't know Davis, it's um, we don't have a bakery, a, a Mexican panaderia in Davis. So we have to go to our, you know, Dixon or Woodland, our uh, neighbor cities across, you know, um, the roads. So it's to me, I feel like those are the moments where people start really feeling like they they belong, that the university is here to serve them and their needs. And that's how we'll know that we are successful as an HSI. Well, you know, I think making people feel like um, they can eat the foods that they're used to, making people feel like they can, you know, approach different people, speak different languages, engage in different ways, and to have us mentoring each other and championing each other across campus, not just for Chicano Latinos, but I think for every student, right, is how do we continue to... um, you know, thrive as a minority-serving institution. Yeah. I, I say all the time, we talk about diversity. Diversity includes everybody. Absolutely. It's not just uh, marginalized students. Not, it's not just one particular group of students. Yeah. It's everybody. Um, I want to p- play a little game, okay. sort of. We have a tradition in the face-to-face uh, interviews where what we call the hot seat. And uh, I'm going to ask you some questions, rapid okay. fire, looking for like a one-word or one-sentence answer. Um, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's all right, do it. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, it's about to be summertime. What is your dream vacation spot? Oh, I love um, I love the ocean. I actually really love Point Reyes. Point Reyes is one of my favorite places. Okay. Yes. You like the beach? I do. Yeah. I love it. My wife is the same way. Yes. Um, what's on your summer reading list? Oh, yes. That's such a good one. Um, there's some Transforming HSI's um, book that just came out by Gina Garcia. I also love poetry. So Amanda Gorman is someone I absolutely want to read. Um, so I've read some of her other books. So I think for now, those are it. Yeah. She's fantastic. She is. Um, favorite food um, or meal cooked on the grill? Ooh, on the grill. Um, I would have to say chicken. I love chicken. Yeah? <laughs> yes. <Okay. laughs> um, 
Where do you like to cool off on those 100-plus degree oh. Davis days? <laughs> you know what? I, I have to say that um, the Arboretum provides some wonderful shade, and I love UC, I love the Arboretum at UC Davis. Um, I, I would also have to say that um, movie theaters are also a great place. My husband loves watching movies, so once in a while I, I go with him. Yeah? that's a, what, what kind of movies? Oh, he loves every kind of movie. He okay. can quote things from movies and... A part of me, I'll watch it again and say, I don't remember that part. I don't remember that movie. <laughs> so we're <laughs> yeah. totally different, totally different. Yeah, that's yeah. a good place to cool off, though. Yes. Uh, and I ask this question of all of my guests. Um, what's at the top of your playlist right now? This week has been Shakira. Okay. She uh, is doing a song with her son, Agrostico. It's in Spanish, and there's a sentence in there that she says, uh, one plate broke but not the entire set. And she talks about how sometimes we run and we never get there and also how it is of wise people to learn how to forgive. Wow. So it's, you pay uh, attention to the lyrics. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, okay, now it's your turn. You can ask me any question you would like. Great. Okay, so I wrote down my questions. Okay. So um, as a leader, mentoring and championing is really important to you. How has that influenced you as a leader? Well, I have to say that I owe much of my own success to having good mentors in my career. And I think if you'd ask anybody in a leadership role, uh, in fact, they do these surveys of Fortune 500 CEOs and people like that, and they ask them about, you know, what was key to your success. And everyone says having a mentor or a sponsor, more mm-hmm. importantly. And that drives me to be a good mentor or be a good sponsor to people that are following me. And I really get a charge out of seeing my former students and people I've worked with become deans and become leaders in academia and start businesses. And they often, you know, let me know how they're doing. And I, that just makes my day when I hear about that. So I think that's so important. So try to make sure that's an important aspect of what we do here at UC Davis. Yes, your chancellor shadowing program has been really successful. I hear from students. Thank you. Yeah, that's one example. I think students, we want to demystify what these jobs are to our yes. students. So we let them follow us around for a day and see how uh, uh, interesting it is and maybe not as exciting as they thought it was going to be. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so my next question is, when you go through hard times as a leader, how do you get through it? You know, there's lots of things I do, and there are plenty of hard times. Uh, I think exercise is important. It allows mm-hmm. It's a therapy for me. It allows me to work off some, some steam, let off some steam. I think um, I also um, am pretty introspective and, and spiritual, so, I, you know, I mm-hmm. pray. Um, and then uh, I have to give credit to my partner, my wife. Uh, she's the sounding board. She gets a lot of the uh, venting that I like to do when things are not going well. And she, she takes it well and she helps me, gives me good advice and, and helps me to get through some of those hard times. Great, wonderful. So, it's been a real pleasure talking with you, Lee, and I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks to everyone for listening. Tune in next time on Face to Face. Go Ags! <laughs>